Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Hey guys, if you want to support us and the podcast, you can go to our Patreon on patreon.com forward slash Unchained to show any type of support. Our next goal is to go to GDC, go to E3 and being able to and do events there for you guys, for us uh, and do live shows. So this is one of our hefty goals. GDC is almost around the corner about six months from now. It would mean the world to us. So any type of support uh, would be amazing. Also, uh, be sure to check out our website, www.gamedevunchained.com for more stuff. And never forget, while you're listening to the podcast, be sure to head over to our proud partners, ad.lv, to check out awesome articles when it comes to game development. Articles such as Instant Terra, Easy Landscape for Games, where they talk about what the developers of Instant Terra, a new terrain creation tool for games, which was developed by Ubisoft veterans, who wanted to create accessible and powerful landscape modeling tools. And don't miss an awesome opportunity to win free six months of subscription to the Quixel Mega Scans and Quixel Suite 2. All you need to do is share your story of how uh, you got into the industry. All right, let's get back into it. Hey guys, Larry Charles here, one half of the Game Dev Unchained podcast team. And this week, we're not doing the podcast specifically. We're doing the first of many deep dives where we take a game and we go, like they say, deep into discussing what makes that game great from the design to the art to the mechanics to the experience to the marketing whatever was involved in making this game awesome we're going to try to cover it in this episode today so you might learn something and of course i couldn't dissect this game by myself every doctor needs a right hand man and mine is mr brandon fam hey what's up everybody welcome to this week's episode bringing along with me to deep dive with us mike burkhead what's up mike hello Mike is one of the finest scuba divers I've ever met. So if I was going to deep dive with anyone, it'd be Mike. Pause. What's up, Mike? (laughs) Yep, I got my deep dive suit on. (laughs) So, um, Mike, would you like to introduce the game that we're going to deep dive on this week? Yeah, we are going to talk about uh, Player Unknown Battlegrounds, otherwise known as PUBG. Oh, PUBG. Okay, awesome. Yeah, I know PUBG. Yeah, yeah. Y'all know. know. Uh, On behalf of Larry and me, hopefully this is the last time we ever talk about this game on our podcast, but it is the perfect opportunity for this type of segment that we're adding here. Uh, Deep Dive is all about just analyzing what is the latest trend or the biggest, you know, every, I feel like every four or five months, there's like this game or mega hit. It happens often enough to kind of like change uh, what's going out there in the landscape like this game in particular what how long has it been out i don't even know about about six months six yeah. months yeah. But, i don't know something like yeah, it feels like it. yeah six months 10 million copies 11 11 million copies put some respect on my game my bad <laughs> still early access 
and already picking a fight with Epic Games. All right. Yeah, yeah let's <laughs> here we go. I, I would I would say that's more appropriate to say that Epic Games is trying to pick a fight with PUBG. Yeah. Yeah. They, I mean, oh man, we should. Okay. No, uh, we should definitely uh, <laughs> let's catch up with some people who don't know what's going on. So this is pretty new since our last roundtable. Larry, do you mind covering? Sure. This? So the the team I think was the Blue Hole. To the mm -hmm. developers they've yeah. been working on PUBG and they use Unreal Engine as the engine for making this game so obviously anything that they do in Unreal and are proud of Epic also is proud of because they're like hey look at this game that's really mega popular was made in the Unreal Engine and for a while Epic was kind of cheerleading on PUBG and then out of nowhere Randy Orton style they're like hey guys Fortnite has its own battleground 100 person versus uh, arena gameplay mode mm -hmm. and it's like PUBG with crafting, <laughs> like yeah. how you get into the map, how you fight, how the boundary shrinks, how you find out where you need to go. It literally is just the Fortnite version of PUBG. And I was like, damn, son. That yeah. Was, yeah. Well, it's pretty dirty too, considering, you know, it's Epic Games, it's, right? They're it's, licensee. <laughs> they're licensee, right? So obviously they know what's been up with the game up to its release and even like the after post-release uh, support because they're using Unreal Engine for this. Mm -hmm. And uh, they're supposedly all about, you know, the indie developer, right? But they just kind of screwed their biggest indie developer right now by doing yeah. something like this. So what kind of message does that send to all the other people? <laughs> I know, exactly. Well, yeah, it's, it's, it's curious because on the one hand, like, look, <laughs> I, have been, I have been a game designer for 12 years. Nice. And I have several friends, and all of us have discussed at numerous lengths about making Battle Royale, the movie, into a video game. Mm -hmm. And and that this has been since I like that is a th that movie has been out for many many years. Mm -hmm. right? Like that film that that is not new, right? Like that has existed for a very long time, and. I am probably not alone on that. And I know I'm not alone because it has been one of those things where you bring it up with any game designer with anything and they're like, oh yeah, man, I would love to make that. I would love to make that game, mm -hmm. blah, 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 mm -hmm. right? So on the one hand, you're like, it's not really stealing the concept from Blue Hole, but every game designer knows that between there is a gulf between concept and execution. Mm -hmm. There's a very large gulf between the two, right? And not to just jump right into this, which is what we're supposed to do today, but just to jump right into it. Oh, deep, <laughs> there, are, there are many aspects of PUBG that separate it from concept and bring it to execution. And so that is where I think people are correct to feel a little bit miffed about the similarities between what is going on between the two like for example the shrinking rings and you know <laughs> coming that in kind with of the plane you know it, no, it's, it's it's a bus it's, it's a, a bus. bus sorry my Brandon, bad. to clarify it is a bus right it is it is one of those things where you're like this is it's very specific in its intent for the feel of the experience and in some cases, very important to the 
Okay, so what, what the, the kind of thing that, that a, a game like this can fall apart in is that it can become boring mm. because as any designer who's ever designed any kind of combat space has, has ever run into, sometimes, you know, the, your enemies are just not where you are, right? Mm. And it becomes this, like, really boring, like, well, where the fuck are they? You know, like... Mm-hmm. I, and then you're kind of like, do I go searching for them or blah, 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 right? And so the shrinking rings is like one of those kind of, it's so obvious once you've seen the mechanic, you're like, mm-hmm. oh, yeah. Like, why didn't we just do this before? Mm-hmm. But that kind of shit is really hard to come up with until you've seen it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. <clears throat> and so I can I can understand where people are like, hmm. You know, it's definitely kind of like, ugh. It's not, it's not necessarily stealing, but you're also kind of like, ugh, you clearly got this idea from from over here. Mm-hmm. Well, this- can I can I just take one second to counter just one thing? Yeah, I would say this, and I want you to continue with your thought. The shrinking ring, I'm actually able to forgive because that's like, okay, I get it. You're just limiting the boundaries for the gameplay. Right. I'm like, it's hard to be like they stole our shrinking ring idea and really have any sort of ground. But like, I'm not gonna lie to you. As soon as I saw the hot air bus, yeah, that's a <laughs> the air. Like, I was like, man, I was yeah, like, come on, come yeah. on. This is like, Jesus Christ, you gotta at least try a little bit, you know. Yeah. <laughs> okay, Mike, back to you. <laughs> No, no, I, 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 I agree. It's, it's hard. Mm-hmm. And like at the same time, Mike, let's say, let's say I was an indie developer mm-hmm. and I was making a shooter and I incorporated active reload into my game. Yeah. Like how would, how would Epic feel about that? Because active reload is gears. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And if I did it, everyone on the planet would be like, y'all stealing from Gears. Mm-hmm. And from my perspective, I'm like, Active Reload is one of the greatest mechanics in the last 10 years. Yeah, Active Reload is the shit, man. So is it stealing or is it just evolving forward in the shooter mechanics? Mm-hmm. Like, I, So I, I can see it from both sides because as a person who develops games and shooters, like, I don't want to sit there and be like, well, I can't do active reload because they've done it. Mm-hmm. When you're like, yeah, but like active reload's amazing. Why would I not include that in my game? You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Yeah. I, I is, it, is, it really, is, is it really fair to say like you have to sit there and be like, well, I'm not allowed to use active reload for the next 10 years. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, <laughs> that's, that's the thing, right? So that's, that's the timing of it. I think it's the, the biggest problem here. We're talking about just six months. And so we're still in a very, uh, um, in the infancy. yeah, really infancy of what this game could really be if Epic didn't kind of try to crash the party. Who knows if it's going to hurt? I, I'm going to say they haven't crashed happen. the party. They've sold 11 million copies. There's no crash in that. Party. Right, right. But like, let's say another six months would have gone by without Epic's involvement. Like, you know, it does hurt a bit, right? Because who 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 can compete with Epic's? ability to deliver a you know the same type of game right i mean the graphics are different i would say epic's game look way better, uh, way even, better. yeah even if it is stylized sure. right um, but many many games have looked better yes but many I'm, games have looked better than things that have outsold them right and well i haven't played fortnite but i'm just gonna assume the shooting feels better too is this correct is this a fair assessment 
Um, no. So we can do this. I will actually yeah. take this as an opportunity to dive into the problems of PUBG and okay, where Fortnite, I think. Um, dive on in there, Mr. Brother. Brother Big right. Man. So I think the reason why something like Fortnite, or sorry, the PUBG, um, has um, it's it's je ne sais quoi. It's it's special sauce, <laughs> right? Yeah. Is lies within its um, hardcore uh, flavor okay. and 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 your your ability to actually apply strategy to your gameplay right mm-hmm. like things like the the attention to detail to sound mm-hmm. is actually one of those kind of things that most games completely overlook yeah right but in a game like PUBG, like sound is incredibly important yep. you know hearing the footsteps of your enemies and not not even just the footsteps of your enemies like they do proper sound attenuation mm-hmm. on gunshots. And if you're listening correctly, like you can tell not only like how far away that gunshot was, but what like direction that gunshot came from. And sometimes if you're really smart, like you can tell what even what kind of gun it was. Mm-hmm. Right? Like that's that's a level of sound attention that is very important. Yeah. And that that level of detail is 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 very important to I think the the level of appreciation. Okay, just to, to take a step back, mm-hmm. right? There is this is a this is a this is a game that stands on the very precipice of the difference between challenge and frustration. <laughs> Right, which which Larry, yeah. you have you have heard me talk about this before because you've yeah. worked with me. Yes. So you know that this is a very important topic to me. Like challenge and frustration is one of the most important concepts for a game designer to understand. Mm-hmm. And this is a game that that deftly walks to that precipice and stares over it and asks the player to be okay with that. Right, because, and I think it it is PUBG's ability to walk to that edge and allow you to stare over that edge that brings you coming back again and again. That's what makes it so addicting, Mm -hmm. because ultimately, the difference between challenge and frustration is when you die, it's very simple. When you are challenged, you say, I fucked up. It's your fault. It's my fault. When you are frustrated, you say it's the game's fault. Right? And that is why PUBG is addicting because when because you can die so easily, right? Like that's kind of what happens in that game, right? Like you you're wandering through a city and some motherfucker snipes you from a thousand miles away. Right? And, and like you know about it. and there's nothing you well, was there something you could have done about it? That's that's where that difference lies, right? Like you're in in certain games, you'd be like, ah, oh, this fuck, whatever. That guy got a better gun, you know? Like fuck that guy, mm-hmm. right? But in this game, you're like, oh, was I being too loud? Was I just running and making a bunch of noise? Like I could have approached that town more stealthily. I could have paid attention more, mm-hmm. right? You know, like where did he get that gun from? I bet I could find better locations to get better weapons. I could have paid attention more. And you're like, oh, I gotta get back in there and try better. I, I, it's like, yeah. I can do better. Okay. That's uh, that's where I was gonna say, like, 
anytime that I feel like I've been presented with an opportunity to learn or improve my experience, it's for the next experience. It's not yeah. for the one that just ended because I felt like a lot of what I felt like when I was working on like some early shooter games where it was like with my life pool being so low or with the conflicts being so short, it usually ended up going in favor like 98% of the time to the person who engaged first. Because by the time you even try to respond or figure out where the damage is coming from or where your target is, they've already got like half your health, if not almost all of your health down, you know? And mm -hmm. so a game like this is actually kind of similar, but at least because of bullet drops and distances, people are wasting a lot of ammo if they're trying to pick you off with a gun that they shouldn't be picking you off with, you know? But too often I've seen myself or streamers just like, blip, 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 blip. Oh, I, if only I knew that I shouldn't have been so loud by this wall. Let me do that better the next time I play. You know what I mean? And so all I was saying by it's, it's too late to do anything about it is usually it's like your response in the moment in the game that you're in is not going to matter much if somebody's got a great beat on you. You're done. You know what I mean? The right, next game, you, though, you can. Yeah, but you know, it's, yeah, it's but, like, like you, you died and you're like, that motherfucker had a had a total beat on me. Yeah. Right? But it wasn't because, like... The game didn't do that. The game didn't do that, exactly. right? Like, that motherfucker walked all the way... He walked just as far as you did, mm -hmm. probably. Right? He he hoofed it halfway across the map. and Or he started, like, in, a, in a, an objectively superior position. But because you dropped from a plane, like, you could have started there, too. Yeah. Right? Like... You're kind of like, eh, uh, yeah, like fuck that guy, but also I could be that guy too, right? That's the that's the whole point is, you you don't, you don't ever feel like, it was the game's fault necessarily that you died, even though the rings collapsing is partly the game, the game's concept, but there there is that of course sense of randomization of like where loot spawns mm -hmm. which i think is an important aspect of the game <clears throat> but i will say all of that aside i i think if the game had all of those mechanics everything that we've talked about mm -hmm. it would still not be as popular as it, as it is i think the, the i i think the true secret sauce is the four man squad stuff mm. What's the four-man squad stuff? Sorry, I'm not totally new. It's all good. I mean, like, like having squads. Okay, playing as a team. PUBG as a team. Right. Yeah, it, like you go in as a as a as a group of friends. Mm -hmm. And out of yeah, and, and you 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 live and die as a team. Is right? it still maxed out a hundred people? Yeah. Yeah, it's still a hundred people, but it's it's basically it, it it it's you and your friends. Yeah versus you know nineties yeah. ninety yeah, ninety-five other people or whatever. You have four, right? Ninety-six? Yeah. Or can you go up to five? I've only done it with four. Uh I've only done it with four. Yeah, okay. Uh I think that's all you're allowed to do. Um but that's how you sell copies, man. <laughs> it's like, oh wow, this game is dope. Can't wait to tell Mike and Brandon, you know. <laughs> yeah, it's it's two things, right? Like yeah. um well okay just to, there's a couple reasons why I think it's, where I think it's so addicting and, and important. Okay. Um, but one of the big ones is the, um, so when I used to be, when I used to work and be really into MMOs, mm -hmm. I used to research like why they're so popular. 
and why they're so addicting. Mm-hmm. And there was a, a really groundbreaking research paper that was put out um, about World of Warcraft, where somebody had kind of deep dived into the play patterns of people. And he asked them, like, why do you play this game? Like, what is, what, why do you play this game on the scale? Like, what are the top four reasons that you play World of Warcraft, right? And if it was not the number one response, it was the number two response. And every single person was like, I play because I'm in a world with other people, right? I'm playing with other human beings. Number one or number two response. But the data showed that a vast majority of these people were playing alone. Right? They were saying that they loved this game because they were surrounded by <clears throat> real people, mm-hmm. but they demonstrably played by themselves. Mm-hmm. And so this guy, he kind of coined it as the alone together phenomenon, is that people liked generally being alone, but they liked to be alone with other people. Mm-hmm. Um, and when they weren't alone, they tended to play with a very, very small group of people that tended to range between two to four, mm-hmm. right? And it was like, uh, like for example, like someone would be in a guild of maybe 90 people, but they would really only play with like four to five other people from that guild, and they played together all the time. Mm-hmm. And so really you kind of played by yourself with maybe two or three other people, but they enjoyed it because they were playing with real people in a world populated by real people. And so I look at something like PUBG and I'm like, this is the evolution and understanding of that concept. Yeah. Because what makes it so compelling is you're, you're <clears throat> filled, you're in a world filled with real people, but you're doing it kind of quote unquote by yourself. Mm-hmm. You know, and in and, and, and a group of up to four people, it's basically by, like you're by yourselves, right. you know? And so I think that's one of the major secret sauces of the game is that it's infinitely compelling in your, it's alone togetherness. So we, we, we talked about the Battle Royale um, game mode, right? It, it hasn't even been that long since King of the Hill H1Z1 and then um, mm-hmm. Was there another one before that one? I forgot. Uh, that was another Arma mod before even H1Z1? Oh, uh, Daisy. Daisy. So I'm guessing that they just made incremental improvements, and that's just been uh, <laughs> the reason why people have been migrating to the next game and uh, essentially. Uh, over at PUBG, like what were the type of improvements that was made from DayZ to H1Z1 to now PUBG? Is it just well, I think it's, I, I think it's, I, I think it's amazing because the, and it's amazing that you've mentioned all the, the both of those, mm-hmm. because the lead designer of uh, PUBG, he worked on. Um, H1Z1, and I believe he also worked on DayZ. And uh, I, I think he is a he is an amazing example. And it upsets me when people look at PUBG and look at him and see 
and they see this as a story of um it, it reminds me yeah, you know, or or it's not not just even good luck. It's because it's not good luck. They they look at it as a story of like genius, mm-hmm. and it's not genius. It's work. It's ethic, right? Um, it, it reminds me of when um, Minecraft was really popular, and people were like, "Oh, and you know, Notch was this like you know genius that just invented this and blah blah blah," and they don't re- and they didn't they don't understand like this wasn't the first game that that guy made like he made lots of little indie games mm-hmm. you know like he was doing it for years right and he used that knowledge and expanded upon it and then he finally made a different game and the guy who worked on PUBG, it's like he worked on h1z1 he worked on daisy if i remember correctly yeah i may be wrong about that i know he worked on h1z1 yeah. but it's like this is somebody who he did the work like he he had a vision in his head of a game he wanted to make, but he didn't just shit that out. Like he went and worked on other games that were doing something similar mm-hmm. and learned what it takes to make those right. And then applied that knowledge to make PUBG. And so if there's a game designer out there looking at that and be like, oh, I want to. I have this great idea. I want to make this fucking amazing game, right? Like, okay, that's great, man. But there's so much that goes into making an amazing game that is more than just the idea. Mm-hmm. There's the execution of that idea. And to me, a PUBG is, again, another example of if you want to be that person that completely bucks an industry mm-hmm. and just throws off the chains of mediocrity, you ain't going to do that without studying and learning the, what goes into making something that is even standard in the industry. So understanding from his perspective, right? So what, uh, let's say Daisy, how many years was that before that? At least <clears throat> this mode? I think we've been talking about Daisy like for maybe the last two years. So it's been like three years in the making then? Something this like that. Mode, just being, building up to this. Daisy, Daisy was, I think, at least four years ago. Four, four years? Okay. Yeah. Let's say four years ago, right? Up to this point, all the iterations, you know, moving teams, you know, finally going to South Korea to mm-hmm. create this game with the indie group. Uh, yeah. Basically, we're pretty much a small team. And then working with Epic for so long. And finally seeing the fruits of their labor, uh, 11 million copies, uh, a, a, a phenomenon within the mm-hmm. industry basically and then six months after your early access i kind of have to side with them with this one i feel like epic not only did they openly admit that they were inspired with this right they they ha- basically had like an early early access of yeah. this game uh, yeah that, to, that's to where break it's... it down a bit so it gets kind of like where where does when does the nda get broken here yeah <laughs> i mean legally there's nothing that Epic did wrong. Okay. Right? Because, you know, when you you agree to use the Unreal Engine, like, they have access and rights to what you're making. Right. So I don't think legally there's anything wrong with what they did. Mm-hmm. It's more of, like, a question of, like, eh, come on, man. Yeah. You know? Like, cool. You, you, like, for example, like, it's, a, it's like I said, right? Like, if, if I made a game right after... 
Gears of War came out that used Epic uh, Act Reload, mm-hmm. you'd be like, y'all stealing from Gears, and that's yeah. fucked up. Yeah. Right? And so what's what's the what's the statute of limitations on that concept right what what's what's the what's the moral ethical statute of limitations not even just the legal what's the moral statute of limitations on that because as a designer i'm like i don't know like i think that's an evolution that's important to the concept of shooters and i wish more games had used it and at some point like we should just all agree like okay it's been enough time why isn't your game doing this? Because it's amazing. <laughs> you know? And so you, yeah. you look at something like PUBG and you're like, all right, if you want to do a Battle Royale game, all right, shrinking things and coming in, like, this is all evolutions of a formula. And, like, if you were going to do a game of that style, why would, would why would you not do that? This this what makes it work. Mm-hmm. Of course you would do that. So what what's the statute of limitations on that? When do you say, all right, uh, yeah, you're allowed to use this mechanic. It's been enough time. What, what, what is the statute of limitations on a, on a game design concept? I, I don't know. Yeah. You know? But they clearly... But I tell you I tell you this, it does not take... It, it does not take a month to, to, to come <laughs> to up with a concept. <laughs> That's it what I mean. Take a, it does not take a month to come up with a concept yeah. and, 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 and implement it and polish it and and all that other shit that goes into a concept so they did not one month after seeing PUBGs go yeah that seems like a good thing to make let's do that no that was like months a year months i wouldn't even say of of knowing exactly what that mechanic was and going yeah that's a good mechanic we should do that uh, i mean that that is a valid like hmm yeah, <laughs> some fucker. Look, either way, it works out bad, right? There, there's nothing good about it from Epic's standpoint. Well, it's a six-year in-development game, right? Fortnite has been announced since what, 2011, 12, or some some E3, right? And they finally came out right when oh, well, they came out with their own game basically pretty recently, but it wasn't until they took the Battle Royale where I felt like they were relevant with their game. But, I mean, it's like I said in the beginning. The concept of Battle Royale game, that is not, that is not new. I've been wanting to make that kind of game with Paul Edwards mm-hmm. since we first met. Right? Like, he and I have talked about making that kind of game for a very long time. It is, and I guarantee you, we're not the only people in this industry who go, like, man, I would love to make a game. You know, he and I were joking about, it, like, yeah, man, I want to fucking spawn in as the guy with the, <laughs> with the soup pot lid, right? You know? <laughs> like, that's that's all you get, motherfucker. <laughs> right? Like, someone spawn in with the, with the assault rifle and you get a soup pot lid. Deal with it. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Right? And, and the concept of areas of the map becoming dangerous again that was in the movie mm-hmm. right like mm-hmm. whole areas of the island would just become death and you had to move mm-hmm. right mm-hmm. so again that that is not an original concept right but it's just so specific to this other game i think that's where people are are valid and they're kind of like again and an idea can potentially occur twice i've worked on things where I've had an idea and some another and we're, we're working on something and another game gets announced and you're like shit man 
<laughs> they are the exact like this you know if we if we come out with this we're going to look like we're copying them even though independently you've had the same idea All right yeah right like i have been in that position i've been on teams where you're working on a concept you're working on a game and a game another game comes out and you're like fuck that is the exactly what we were working on yeah i guess the difference here is like where it's kind of suspect uh it's unreal <laughs> you know if yeah, it was no, like if it was uh what's that what's that cry engine uh crytech 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 but no the new one uh, i keep forgetting its stupid name the new cry engine yeah oh, oh, lumberyard? Uh, lumberyard. lumberyard if lumberyard came out yeah, <laughs> way to shit on amazon that's a dumb yeah. name <laughs> if, if lumberyard came out right with its own PUBG battle royale it was roughly around you know after the six months when PUBG shipped with its unreal engine right it's like all right cool they, they came out with an idea that that was similar completely two different companies uh you know fair game but right. when you're talking to epic <laughs> this whole time and you're releasing the game and it's fine release 11 million copies in six months that's amazing you're like number one indie game of the year no you know without a doubt and then papa epic comes out it's like hey i want to do the same thing too it's like what the fuck man <laughs> it's like it, it's just too close for comfort right it, it's like you guys knew what we were doing and like you said games like these don't take just a month or five months let's give them the benefit of the doubt right it took some five months after it was released in early access for them to react and implement to to a very super polished uh mode right obviously they took longer than that yeah, I mean, yeah. Th there's no, there's no way you deliver something like this, and you get it done as as a response to what's been delivered to the public. All right. You you make something like this because you you know that it's good before anyone else has seen it. Yep. I mean, um, but right now legally, right, and we'll go back into the game design because that's the heart of it. Legally, there's nothing really there, but like shit, that's not cool. Right. It's not like um, switch engine, right? They're not gonna go to Lumberyard and be like, <laughs> "I want to make PUBG over but, here." Yeah, I mean, I don't know. I, I think there's there, there's a case to be made that it's similar, mm -hmm. but the the secret sauce is groups of four or you know less and um acquiring items build, building up your your loot and the um the collapsing ring mm -hmm. uh, to me that that is key ingredients of his of its secret sauce yeah. and did the other games have that team mode battle royale or no so like the, like for example like like uh something like day z right mm -hmm. um I, I remember i i played it a little bit and this was like three years ago now mm -hmm. um and I, I remember coming into insomniac and, and and telling other people about it and i was like it is the most boring one hour of your life coupled with the most intense 10 minutes of your life mm -hmm. right because 
that's really what that game was. It was t an hour of wandering around being like, okay, where is everybody? What is, what is happening? And then there's that 10 minutes of like, you're in a village and you fucking hear this on footsteps. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, you're like, oh shit, I fucking hear somebody. Right? And you're just like, in the, you're in this house staring through a fucking window for 10 minutes going like, I fucking hear somebody. I know they're here. And you're, it's so intense and your blood pressure is just through the roof. <clears throat> and you're like, oh God, I fucking know they're here. And then you have this really quick and intense shootout and you die. <laughs> <laughs> that sounds it's like exactly how Ray played. <laughs> right? But that was how it ended. And I think, you know, for anything that you experience, there's two really important moments, mm. how it starts and how it ends and how it ends and how it starts because we're human beings that, that colors the entire experience. Mm -hmm. And so something like that, where it didn't matter necessarily that it was a really boring hour of wandering around, not knowing what the fuck to do. Because I had this amazing, intense experience. And even though I died, it was just, I, my brain is like, yeah, that was amazing. You know, because I was remembering this kind of intense like, couple minutes before I died. Right? And I think that's what carries over. And so what PUBG has done is it's just said, hey, let's force people down into that moment more and yeah. quicker and force it. Well, we're going to force that to happen. Right? And so that's like, again, like that's an important secret sauce moment to the game. I see. So the shrinking, uh, environment was also new. As far as I know, Sorry. as far as I know. Yeah. I think, and also just for the people who are mega pro at the game versus the people who are kind of casual, the intervals at which the circle shrinks kind of gives you an opportunity to say, yes, I did better than last time. Right, like, oh, I made it to the first ring, the second ring, the third ring, you know, because there's intervals between when it shrinks again and again and again. Mm -hmm. So not only do you have like, oh, I made it to the top 10 or I made it to this or I made it to that, but there's micro opportunities, I guess, to kind of like feel like you're progressing in the experience. Even if you don't have conflict or even if you don't have a, a straight up gunfight, knowing that like, wow, this is the last time it shrinks. I'm now in the final area kind of thing. That means something, you know, like that's a, it's something that you can use to quantify the uh, progress of your experience. And I think I just like it. I like what they did in a lot of areas, especially the shrinking circle. Yeah. I, I think it's a, it's, it's, I don't know, in my opinion, I think it's a, a, a good mechanic to add, um, an important one. I'm going to put it in my card game. Like, oh, sorry, table struck. You can only play three cards right now. All the monsters outside of this circle dude, just honestly, died. A card PUBG game would kill right now, dude. All right, just gave another game design idea. Wait, uh, that? I mean, that, maybe there's something there. I, I don't know. I'm kind of thinking about it. There's like, always hmm. something there, dude. Oh, my God. I, I spit out these ideas every few if, uh, <laughs> Like, I, I made a bunch of million nears out there already, so... Let's go ahead and steal that one. But, like, <laughs> but now I'm yeah, starting dude, to get it, right? I, I didn't play DayZ. I knew it was popular. 
I knew there was a mode that people really liked, and then H1Z1, the King of the Hill thing came out, and I knew that was good. I still have yet to play PUBG, even though everything I've seen and heard is something that I would love to play. Mm-hmm. And like you said, you know, you invest in an hour for that 10 minutes, and then that's enough to kind of contrast the experience and make it addicting, right? Mm-hmm. And if you can hang around with your friends, basically, in the world, for an hour, it's it makes the time fly by a lot faster. Yeah. Right, and that's it's super important because that's what makes that 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 you know thirty minutes where nothing's happening like not as bad because you're kind of hanging out with your friends, mm-hmm. you know. It's like, like right. Um, There's that's no actually an, cycle, right? That is a it like camping or fishing, right? It's it's an amazing example and and kind of um, it's kind of a perfect example of another analogy to what the experience can be like right it's you know you go out in a fishing boat with your friends and yeah you may hang out there for an hour just kind of chatting and then you have this really intense experience of trying to bring the fish in mm-hmm. right and that's what you bring home with you mm-hmm. right you went on this boat and you got drunk with your friends and you know but then oh shit you got something on the line you're kind of bringing it in and that maybe happens like two or three times in the night the day that you're out there mm-hmm. right and you go home and you're like man we had a great time didn't we yeah yeah you know like remember all those times you you know i was like that was great we should do that again and i was like really you only had like you know a cumulative about 10 minutes of excitement (laughs) for like six hours (laughs) but it was a great time you know yeah and so i've been i've been in the office like people in at servios they play PUBG a lot a lot more than i do um and it's you know, I, I think one of the defining kind of, uh, what's the word I'm looking for, um, attractions to the game mm-hmm. is when you are the last man in a group. Mm-hmm. You know, especially if you're playing with friends and especially yeah. if all those people are in the same area as you are. Because, like, when somebody in PUBG is the last guy in the group, because they're all playing at Servios and because we all tend to play group, uh, games at the office, it's like everyone, yeah, everyone gathers around your machine. Yep. And so it's you with like, and because it's an office, like other people will kind of roll up. And so it'll be you with like 10 people watching you. Yep. Right. And everyone's like, oh shit. Oh shit. Oh shit. You fucking got him. You fucking got him. All right. It's just you and two other people. Oh my God. You can fucking do this. You got it. You got it. You know, and everyone's kind of like cheering along and, you know, like maybe you succeed, maybe you don't, but that's the feeling you left the game with. And who cares what the last hour was like? That's what you remember when you're done. Right. Mm -hmm. So when you're online, what do you see as a spectator after you die? Uh, if you have teammates you can watch your teammates or you can watch other people playing the game it's kind of spectate as well yeah uh, so you can totally screenshot if you want to uh it's hard to do though because like the likelihood that you'll know that the person you're what exactly yeah yeah i get it <laughs> <laughs> like everything i i get it it is a game that like you said, it has the deadly combo of it's fun to play, right? Even though you're sitting around a lot. But then it's also fun to watch because you're kind of cheering on. It's very fun to watch. Their friend and, and everything. And it's So let me ask you guys this, like playing both Fortnite and this. What, what are the 
things that is there a threat here besides Fortnite being polished? Uh no. Okay. There's uh, no threat of anyone jumping to Fortnite. I mean, because one is stylized and no. one's realistic. I mean, that it that it's not, it's, is... It has nothing to do with that. I, 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 it, has, it has everything to do with the fact that, and this is one of the downsides, one of the, the few downsides to uh, PUBG is mm-hmm. the fact that they allow third-person camera. Right. Um, and I don't know if they've patched that since... Uh, since then, I, I I know they were talking about doing a first person mode. I don't know if they've done that yet. What's the downside of the third person, real quick? Uh, because it, it gives it gives the advantage to somebody who's just camping, right? Because you can see, you see over legend and stuff, right? And there's no downside to it. Um, and so uh, what I mean is, the game that's more willing to edge itself towards hardcore strategy for this particular type of game, I think. That's the appeal. And it's it's tough as a designer to acquiesce to that because as a designer, you're always like, well, of course the player should have a good experience. Mm-hmm. No, of course they should. Well, why wouldn't they want to be able to look over our ledges? Mm-hmm. Of course they should. Mm-hmm. That seems totally natural. Well, yeah, we should totally do that. <laughs> Sounds like a very specific person. But it seems totally natural. Why We should just totally do that, right? Of course. Right? Because it's it's player centric, you know. You just you gotta have player centric design. Mm-hmm. Uh, no, you don't. <laughs> <laughs> no, you need to have strategy centric design. And you need to be a little bit more fuck you about it. Right. I mean, because for that reason. Yeah. No. That that's what makes it an esport game. Right. Right. Is is the the fuck you hardcore strategy aspect of it yeah. is what makes it a. That's what makes it so addicting because it, it's like I said in the beginning, right? It's the difference between challenge and frustration. If I got shot by somebody because they were in third person mode and they could see over a ledge and they knew I was there without exposing themselves at all and there was nothing yeah. I could do about that, yeah. like that's fucking bullshit. Yeah. Right? And I'm like, that's fucking dumb. Like, okay, that guy cheated. Yeah. Right. But if I knew for a fact, that the only way he could look over an edge was by peeking his fucking asshole head over the edge. Yeah. <laughs> right? Then I could have been a better player and been paying attention and I could have seen his little pig eyes and been like, oh, I'm gonna snipe this motherfucker, you know? Right? Like that's that's on me if he kills me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right? Where the reverse is, there was nothing I could do. Right. He saw me, there's nothing I could do. And, you know, you're kind of like, well, then you should have been, you know, on the high ground instead. But, like, you know, anyone who's played that game has been like, eh, you know, sometimes the the rings just close in on somebody and they happen to be in the right place. And so they just hung out in a building. And, okay, I guess that's fair. But having the high ground is not necessarily purely strategy. Sometimes it's just luck. And, okay, that's okay. But... I think you should penalize somebody for peeking over an edge. Yeah. You know, at the very least. Mm. Well, let's see. Next, we can talk about the marketing of the game. Uh, we haven't gone into that at all. So the game is early access, and I personally haven't seen a damn, con- uh, what do you call it, commercial for the game. But what I have seen are Kotaku articles, and I have gotten a shit ton of word of mouth suggestions to play this game. I think in the last year, when I wasn't playing PUBG, there was no other game in the history of my career as a gamer that I've been told about more than PUBG. 
discuss. Yeah. Okay, no, no, this is actually this is actually a really great topic because um, it's one of those things where so I, I've worked on you know I've worked on games where um, and you guys were there for this, so you would know all about this. Where procedural content generation has been an important topic. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Right? You guys have been a part of this conversation before. We all know this. Um, and I've been on part of teams where that was a important conversation topic. Mm -hmm. And I think one of the things that's not understood about that is the importance of human beings are storytelling creatures. We love to tell stories. And for a story to have meaning, mm -hmm. there has to be context, right? Setting. You know, when I go to you and say, I was playing PUBG yesterday, you won't believe what happened, right? For you to have any fucking idea what I'm talking about, you have to understand the setting, mm -hmm. right? And so because the fact that PUBG's world is exactly the same every time, but there's subtle differences to it, it means that the story you tell is really interesting, right? And to me, that is 100% the power of its marketing, mm -hmm. right? The, the, the stories you can tell are infinite, but they are compelling because all the players are the same and the setting is always the same. But the story that comes from that setting is completely different every time. Yeah. Right? It's like when you would come into work and you would talk to your friends about playing Skyrim. Right? And you would be like, oh, yeah, I was doing that quest. That didn't happen to me at all. I did this. And you're like, oh, shit, that's not what happened to me. I did this. The only reason why that story had any fucking interest whatsoever to everyone involved is because, A, you both had the same quest. Mm -hmm. And B, because it took place in the same place and involved all the same people, right? But you were the compelling, you were the the um, unknown quantity in that story and made it interesting. And so PUBG is 100 people, but you always know it's 100 people. Mm -hmm. It's always the same places. And so we say like, hey, I'm, I ran into a bunch of people at, you know, the, the school you know where that is yeah. and in your mind you're like oh yeah i know exactly where that is i'm picturing it in my head or you know, you know like i'm at the sunken city where there's like the the you know all the buildings that are surrounded by water and you're like oh yeah i know where that is of course yeah and in your head you're picturing it and so when you have big, i begin to tell the story of what happened like oh yeah there was a guy and he was in the um in that kind of overlook and I was hiding in the water and I was able to snipe him. And I was like, then his friend showed up and blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, you're able to picture the story in your head. And that's the power of its marketing because, because it's repeatably interesting. Um, it means that anytime you tell a story to somebody who's even looked at the game, mm -hmm. it can be the, 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 the story is grounded in something they can understand. Was that intentional? <laughs> or was it just a happy accident? I, I I think it's one of those things that even if it was not intentional, it was 
um, subconscious, mm -hmm. right? I, I don't think anyone who made this game was, even if they were not knowing that that was an important aspect of its design, mm -hmm. I, I think it's it's one of those things that is, uh, it's built into the DNA of the person making it. Like they know that probably this is an important aspect of what makes it compelling, right? And so it's, anytime you want to do that kind of grassroots marketing, mm -hmm. right? And so this is, to me, this is the lesson, right? It doesn't matter what you're trying to make. If you want to have that kind of grassroots marketing aspect to it, where you're at the water cooler talking to your buddies about the, this game that you're playing, it has to have that aspect of, it, it can't just be like you telling a story about something that they won't experience at all and they will have no grounding to, right? Which is, if their world is totally generated, and the experience is totally generated and the characters are totally random, then okay, nice story, bro. Like I won't experience that ever in my life. Like, I don't know what you're talking about. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Yeah. Right. Like, uh, even if they didn't set out and be like, Hey, we want to make sure that people can stand around the water cooler and tell stories about our game and understand what they're talking about. Like, mm -hmm. I think even if they didn't set out for that, they intuitively understood that that was important. Yeah, like I, I definitely agree with, um, you know, the timing, the the culmination of all the other previous games up to this point, to have it executed in this way has not been done, right? So everyone since Battle Royale have been out, like we've seen that movie. Um, everyone have always wanted to do a game where it's just the last man standing, right? And it has. We've had modes like that, you know, maybe in recent years, it's literally 100 people in the server. Um, but it hasn't been executed this well uh, yet until now, right? Which is the reason why it's a lot of, at 11 million copies. And the reason why, like, by word of mouth, really, its whole marketing power has been just friends telling friends how cool this game is. And everything, you know, I hear about it, I, I gripe about the graphics and stuff, but the design itself, it sounds like a fun game that I understand. It's very simple, straight to the point. The uh, it, it isn't intimidating, right? The bare minimum of, like, what this game is can be explained within a sentence. And mm -hmm. I want in right away because, oh, and you have a mode where you can play with your friends. Mm -hmm. against the whole server that sounds amazing too like i want it and they can and they can cover your deficiencies exactly mm -hmm. and so everything about it sounds amazing which is why it hurts when epic <laughs> you know what i mean <laughs> like it that it's just like they see they saw the execution they saw what worked they saw pretty much you know a nice package at their doorstep before release and they knew they knew that this game was going to be making waves Mm -hmm. and they copied right which is this again i think the precedent that they set is what really hurts the most is like they're supposed to be a champion for the people who want to make their own games and, and like developers, they, yeah. they want you to use their technology and it's like well great you know all i'm going to be doing is working with you and you'll be able to see what i'm submitting and yeah all of a sudden they make i'm making it easier for you to steal from me now granted 
the president has been set on a game that sold 11 million copies. So like, I'm pretty sure they're not rip off Larry's pancake adventure, right. you know, which, <laughs> but, but this, like, they're a oh shit. I'm fucking scribbling notes right now. Curiously. <laughs> but this is their biggest, no doubt indie game, right? This has to be. Yeah. Again, like I said, like I said, you know, it's not a new idea. Right. Mm. And I have worked I have worked on games where I have been building towards a concept and while you're working on it, somebody else comes out with the exact same idea mm-hmm. and you're like, do we release this or not? Because now we're gonna look like we're copying them, mm-hmm. even though it was completely an original idea. Yeah. And sometimes, I mean, that's how it works in game design because sometimes there is the right solution and you find yourself working towards that same solution. And really, sometimes it's like, it's not that you're copying, it's just that's the solution. Right. You know? And it's, you know, and it's not necessarily that you're copying anybody, it's that that is is the solution. And if you are a proper game developer, you would, you arrive there too. Right. Yeah. I'm I'm right. just, I'm not gonna say any more on this subject. <laughs> I just I just wanna say this, right? I'll leave it at this and we can continue. Mm-hmm. I saw Fortnite for five years and it was a very <laughs> it was a very particular game. <laughs> you know what? It was a very particular game and then PUBG came out and then it became a different game, right? So I'm just saying for five years they were marketing something else and then mm-hmm. you know, the trend started and they got trendy all of a sudden, so <laughs> that's all I'm saying. That's all I'm saying. All right. <laughs> and I think it's fair for Epic to say, like, you know, who owns the genre? This is our take on the genre. Right. But like, right. I feel like there's specific elements to the execution of being in that genre that were too close yeah. to something that I would say doesn't necessarily have to be part of the genre. That could you could execute a very interesting creative freedom and achieve a completely different result. So like, I know I bring this up, but it's the easiest one to create a polarizing example of what I'm trying to say. MOBA. Right, or no, 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 sorry. Uh, so instead of saying like, oh, we, instead of having a flying plane that goes across the map, mm-hmm. we have a flying bus that goes across the map. Mm-hmm. Literally just step back and say the challenge is we want players to jump from thing A and get to thing B. Now it doesn't have to fly across the map in the same fashion. It could just be a hot air balloon in the center of the map that is going to go straight up. And if you jump from the big balloon at the start, you get some sort of advantage or disadvantage or whatever. But like, there's different ways to come up with just an idea that even if I was stealing, even if it was, I want you to start from this vehicle and eventually get to the map. Yeah. You can still do it differently. Even you know if you mean? start in this, this underground subway and then you just get off the subway. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's like just going the opposite would have been more effort than replacing right. it with a bus. <laughs> you know what well, I mean? Like, just what if, try to be different if, here. Yeah. What if the map was a little smaller and everyone started out invisible for like 30 seconds? Right, just run you wherever, you just want. wherever you want. No one can spawn point, anywhere. Right? I mean, if you really go back to the basic ideas, it's you picking a spawn point, right? Yeah. Oh man, that'd be great if it was like, uh, yeah, it's like Hunger Games where you all kind of rise up. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
into this like central location and then you just you're all invisible and you just run in different directions right nope. where do you want to end up yeah. that'd be even better man but yeah, that's like it, that's like you trying you know what i mean <laughs> it's like yeah. it's like it'd be cool that you suddenly the the lights are on uh, uh you know you you get visible and you end up being next to another person that'd be a cool yeah. moment those moments yeah. exactly yeah. that's an even better moment yeah that's, that's that'd be cool that's what i mean man every <laughs> He just looked at it and like just reskins things to me. Uh, like at least from the comparison videos that I've seen, they just reskinned it. You know Which, what? Like to me, okay. So this is this is an interesting topic because it reminds me of mobas mm -hmm. and. Yeah. Which, which, Larry, you're you're gonna you're gonna get on board with this. It's it's about mobas and in Heroes of the Storm. Oh. oh. No, Tell you're, me you're about babies. That. Your your baby, right? Like, like anyone who wanted to jump into that particular game, there's nothing you can do. Mm -hmm. Everyone is going to compare you to one of the two giants in that genre, mm -hmm. right? You want to do a hero brawler, as Blizzard attempted to rename it. Like you're going to be compared to League of Legends and Dota. Mm -hmm. There's nothing you can do about that. And it's at a certain point you're like. Am I stealing, or is this just a new genre? Mm -hmm. Right? And so you have Blizzard sit down and go, all right, it's a new genre, but how do we make it ours? How do we make it, like, better or different, or yeah. how do we make it ours? And they made changes that were mechanically different. It, felt, it looked, like, on a surface perspective, you're like, it looks the same. Mm -hmm. right but then they make mechanical differences and because they did that they can add heroes that would never work in the other games right like that's how you get things like abathor yeah right yeah, like yeah. A, a hero that literally just rides along other heroes right and it's not like he, he can't kill steal because there's no concept of kill stealing mm -hmm. right like he's just there to ride along and just you know and be bros right or you could never do um what, what are they called the two ogres um yeah, Cho and Gaul, right? Like, you could never do that, right? Where two players are playing one character together, mm -hmm. right? That is a direct result of them looking at the new genre, quote-unquote, and saying, how do we make it ours? And then what do we do with the fact that we've made it ours? Right? And so I think that's where people kind of take umbrage, is because mm -hmm. they look at, you know, the Fortnite thing, and they say, okay... Maybe you did steal it. Maybe you didn't. I'm not going to say that they did. I would never say that. But they're looking at the two and they're like, mm, did you make it yours though? Mm -hmm. Yeah. You know, like you released this and you didn't make it yours. Like it doesn't, you're not looking at it and you're like, this is the Fortnite version. Mm -hmm. Like it doesn't feel like necessarily true to the, um, the honest core that is Fortnite. And I think that's maybe where people feel a little miffed by it. Yeah, Fortnite's about tower defense, right? It's just building your... Yeah. Mm -hmm. So it's a crafting yeah. zombie survival, I feel like, with a yeah. cartoony kind of flair. Right, and, and can you imagine what it would be like to play PUBG but have this kind of fort-basing element to it? And is there something interesting there? 
or zombies if even if they could have just added uh, zombies yeah. right so the that npc that you have to protect against and whoever yeah like so the campers you know you hear mm -hmm. where shots are coming from more often do you run over there because you think you can get an easy kill or is there a reason why this person is shooting a lot because they're overwhelmed with zombies i think even taking that step could have been interesting i don't know how the server technology would have worked out with like 200 zombies on the map and like 100 players or, or whatever uh yeah. i'm not gonna touch that but i think it would have been cool if yes it was PUBG in the fortnite world and zombies still made a presence i think mm -hmm. that that could have that could have been something where i'd be like i'm not mad at that you know what i mean yeah, yeah. it's being honest to yeah. the world you've created mm -hmm. it, people don't care that you've taken ideas or mechanics from other games right yeah. like um yeah. it doesn't matter that 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 you know you have um i don't know whatever whatever mechanic you take like i don't you know some people were mad at, at heroes of the storm but i i think the majority of people didn't give a shit because it didn't you're like yeah okay it's a hero it's a it's a dota clone but yeah. it's also it's tastefully done it's tasteful in its interpretation of that idea right it doesn't feel like they just went yeah dota as well <laughs> All right. I think I can take a moment to kind of say if I was Epic Games and what could I say about this that I believe could have happened that actually shines positive light on Epic and then maybe where the marketing failure could have been. I wonder if the Epic Fortnite Battleground mode was actually like an engineer and a tech artist were like, yo, PUBG is dope. Let's let's just make it on our own and like see what it's like like three guys over a couple of weekends are kind of like putting this together just yeah. for a joke and then they like show it around the office and everyone's like this is fucking amazing exactly like i can see something like that kind of happening mm -hmm. no absolutely right it's like i mean i i have had that happen mm -hmm. in my in my life where you come into work and someone's like hey man check this shit out and you're like dude yeah. this this is it man this is the fucking shit mm -hmm. Now like, we need to make this happen. And you yeah. just you just do what you need to do to get it to happen. And you're not thinking about anything else because you're just right in the trenches. Mm -hmm. right? And you've got this prototype in front of you that feels amazing. And, I think that's how COD Zombies started, right? Mm -hmm. uh, well, COD Zombies was even more than that, right? It was, you know, a guy made a prototype and everyone said no. And then he just kept working on it. <laughs> Right, he didn't. He didn't give a shit, yeah. Yeah. and he just made it anyway. Thank you. Right, <laughs> and that is the the true, the true spirit. Right, like the not only have you been told no, but you just like, nah, it's fun. I'm gonna keep <laughs> going on this. Uh, you pulled right? the oh really? Yeah, you're like, oh really? <laughs> it's fun, so I'm gonna keep working on it in my spare time. And you get it to that point where you can't deny it's fun anymore. Mm -hmm. Right? You literally can't even deny it. You're like, yeah, it is fun. Mm -hmm. And everyone else in the studio thinks it's fun. So we got to make it happen. So suck it, lead. Yeah. <laughs> no, I mean, like, really, it's like sometimes you just, it's like, what do you, are you going to really sit there and, and tell your an entire studio of people, like, yeah, I know you like this, but it wasn't my idea. So we're not going to do it. And you're like, no. Mm -hmm. that's sui that's career suicide <laughs> you fine yeah yeah i mean it, it could have happened organically someone prototyped it at epic and like hey man 
this idea just came to me all of a sudden. <laughs> <laughs> Honestly, I, you know, it, it probably is a little bit of everything. You know, they were five years in the, the I mean, Fortnite in, in its own right, uh, as its own game, I have been told by one of our frequent guests, Ray, that it's a legitimately good game. But um, it's just a recent PUBG uh, phenomenon that influenced its new mode. And I, I feel like its new mode is getting more pressed than its actual game, which is the reason why a lot of people are kind of comparing right now. But right. it could have been easily Tim Sweeney being like, yo, this game had been made in two years in our engine, but you guys have been like, <laughs> what's going on here? Get on it. I was like, all right. I think Tim just told us something here. We got to work on this. I, don't, I, 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 I do not believe that's probably what happened. No. It probably is a little bit of everything. They prototyped it. You know, They tried it, and it was fun, and obviously – the legalities of it being a copy or not doesn't even matter, right? A lot of it's just, um, it's like the bro code. <laughs> it's like the un to totally step over the broness here. Right. No, I, I think that's a that's a good way of putting it. Is like I don't think people are upset because they're like, hey, you can't take ideas from other people. Mm -hmm. I think really it's just you know people are kind of like bro coding it. Like, do you? Okay, sure. There's no problem here, mm. <laughs> right? But they they get, yeah. but they're getting the side eye. They're getting the side eye. They're like, mm. I wonder what the oh. next day is like after uh, the boss over in Korea was like. Yeah, we see the similarities, and we're gonna talk about further actions here. Yeah, like, yeah. no, for a fact they conversate, right? At least at the yeah. studio you know what level. <laughs> I'm going to tell you what happens. All right. Players unknown battlegrounds 2 and then Ray Graham made with unity. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> Honestly, that's, that's a pivot right there. That's what's going to happen. Right. I mean, okay, uh, look, look, I will say when I first heard this when the story, like all the press was breaking and all that kind of stuff and like all the like oh they're gonna take action against them. I was like, man, that's fucking dumb. Yeah. Like, why would you take action against them? Because you're gonna lose. Yeah. Because you can't. First of all, if you want to make this that as soon as you put a game out, no one is allowed to use any game design concepts of the thing you just put out. You lose. Like, if you think you can win that case, like, think about the world in which you can win that that you've won that case. Mm -hmm. Because it goes back to everything I was saying, which is like, sometimes you just have the same idea at the same time as somebody else. And what, I have to wait seven years to use Active Reload because you used it once? Mm -hmm. Like, that's fucking dumb. Like, all my games are now shittier because of you? Mm -hmm. <laughs> like, that's just, I, I don't want to live in that world. Mm -hmm. and I just, I really don't. Yeah, I, reinventing the wheel basically every single time you make a game because somebody's decided that they now own the right to use the wheel in that way. Mm -hmm. Right, yeah. and then you get into this like like really just nitty gritty like, oh, we're not doing collapsing rings; it's uh, collapsing uh, fire zones. <laughs> the, right? the ballista blasts are just getting closer and closer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're like, oh, it's not collapsing rings. It's not a collapsing ring at all. It's just, uh, ballista shots are just ra raining down. Like, it's not the same at all. And you're like, oh, God, why do we even have to have this fucking debate? <laughs> right? Like, who gives a shit? Mm. 
you know? And so part of me is like, I, I, I really don't care. <laughs> mm-hmm. But then, you know, you kind of dig into the story a little bit more and you're like, Ugh. but they did kind of like have advanced knowledge of everything they're doing. And damn, it's really similar, <laughs> you know? Like, and so on the one hand, you're kind of like, dude, why are you fighting this fight? And then on the other hand, you're kind of like, that's fucked up, man. Yeah, it's definitely fucked up, yeah. Right? And so you're kind of like, like if it was me, I would just let it go. Yeah. Because you've already got 11 million players, but then on the other hand, you're like, hey, what if I didn't have 11 million players? Yeah. Mm. What if I was just a guy that had 100,000 players and they think- copied and they use their advanced knowledge right. to copy my designs. I think, I think the and, perspective and, is probably the other way around. It's like six months from now, they could have been what twenty-two million, mm-hmm. but this. Yeah. May, who knows? Now, now we're gonna be twenty-one. It's like if Notch didn't sell his company or his game at two billion dollars, right? <laughs> and uh, he maxed out a hundred million because Microsoft decided to do a Minecraft clone. Yeah, I guess you wouldn't know until you're two billion dollar richer that it kind of stings. Yeah. But I think the upsetness, it's only been six months and they sold 11 million cops. That's impressive. Yeah. And I haven't even played it and bought it, and I want to, right? And I know people who are ready, you know, in on the boat without purchasing. So there is definitely more customers out there that have yet to try it. But with, I don't even think, I think PUBG is good enough and different enough. I, I, I talked about visually, it's already different, and that alone would sway people. Right, as in realism yeah. versus stylistic, right? That that's two sure. sets of different people right there. That alone mm-hmm. is different enough for me to uh, make a decision. So I, I don't think ultimately it'll hurt it, but I think it's the ethics, or at least yeah. as an indie developer or future indie developer, I'll be concerned because now the guy who's championing it uh, just kind of screwed their biggest game. Yeah, and that kind of like oh, that kind of hurts. Uh, as an indie developer out there, um, can I really trust a company like this? So well, I want to let me jump in because I actually want to use Brandon's point as a segue for these two last points from my okay. behalf. One is if I'm uh, PUBG Productions or Player Unknown, whatever this, whatever they became as their new company, yeah. I don't want to fight Epic over their last move, which hmm. they tried to screw us out of copying our game because we do have a lot of money now. Uh, I, I don't see like the lawsuit that they're going to go into and all the stuff that you talked about as being a benefit, even if they do win. But what I do now know moving forward is that Epic would make a decision to do that. You know what I mean? Yeah. So like I play now their next move or, and I anticipate their next moves and it's like, well, how do I feel about my relationship with Epic now? Let alone, do I want to sue them? It's just like, maybe now I just draw the line and don't use their technology, right. don't promote their technology, right. don't work with them. Right. Because really, I look at it from Epic's standpoint, is, is it worth more to sell 25,000 more copies of Fortnite. Fortnite or to continue to have people investing and in using your engine and you have big breakout superstars like this company totally cheerleading Epic technology. Yeah. Like, what's the likelihood they want to even tell anybody about Epic Games right now? That's, Zero. Uh, that's a know. bad business move on my part. I, I, I feel like, not anticipate that. I don't know. I feel like, I mean, if it was me, yeah. mm-hmm. there, there's no, I, I would look at this story and I would, me personally, yeah. like, there's no way I would look at this story and say, I don't want to use Epic technology. No, that's no, not- I don't think that's, I think this particular company 
No, so yeah, so which side are you on when you say, is it me? Are you innocent bystander third party? Are you working at Epic or are you working at Bluehole? No, I mean, like, I, 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 any, well, I can't speak because I'm not, I'm not working at Bluehole, so I cannot speak <laughs> for that, right? Because I don't think, I don't know, I, maybe I would not be objective mm. if I was working there. But as a, even if I was working at Epic or whatever, and just as an outside observer, I, I would never look at this as, as a reason to not use, you know, Epic technology or anything okay. like that. Okay. Because like I said, I, there are a thousand ways in which I can imagine that this is, there is nothing untoward happening here. Mm, okay. Yeah. Right. Like it is very likely that, that there is nothing untoward happening. Mm -hmm. That's completely valid. Okay. Like it's, it could just be a giant coincidence. That's but, what I'm saying. Like it me, could be that. Me, but here's, here's the thing. I'll be though. the guy who says not. Here's the thing. Let's, <laughs> let's say it's fair play. Let's say it's fair play, right? Yeah, but it's before, fair play. Let's say it's, play, let's say it's completely fair play. Like this is whoops. haha. We, Hey, competitive product. Yeah. You and Epic and Blue, Blue Hole and Epic have a relationship and Blue Hole's game is actually already out. Right. So Epic knew that their project was coming out and it seemed like Blue Hole was completely caught off guard by the release yeah. of the battleground from Fortnite. Yeah. You know what I mean? So like coincidence or not, like if I discover the same thing and we're working together, even when I join a new job, it's like, oh shit, this is what I'm working on before I come here so that there's no yeah. like Coffee funny business in the yeah. future. Like an email, dog. You know, like, yeah. <laughs> like I mean it's, it's like I said, it's like I said though, like what's the yeah. What's the statute of limitations on yeah. a of an idea? Okay, yeah. Give, yeah. give me a year. <laughs> if you, but that's, if you, that's, if you can, this is the thing, right? If you can tell me that you started this idea, I think it actually is more forgivable if mm -hmm. Epic uh, saw what was trending, reacted to it a, a month after early access, and mm -hmm. let's say five months, it took them five months to make that mode super polished, right? I actually would feel way more forgiving to them as a developer slash publisher then uh it's it's the it's the the slyness that is is mm -hmm. what i'm bothered by because we all know as developers that takes a long time to make a game mode function and look as that good right mm -hmm. um, it took longer than five months so anything longer than five months without any notification to you know to the developer that you've been working so hard on, who's making you a shitload of money, by the way. 11 million <laughs> copies, they get 5% of that, by the way. And mm -hmm. so, I mean, to damage that, I think wasn't worth it. If your whole future is about... And I do agree, Mike. No one's... It's Unreal or, or, or Unity out there. They're not going to get hurt, right? People mm -hmm. are going to continue using Epic and Unreal. But it does make people pause a bit, right? Like... Um, it isn't like Unity, you know, they might be developing their own games, but I can, I can pretty much for sure say Unity wouldn't pull this type of move because they know their future of their business is all about engine. So, yeah. Engine clients. And, and clients right. and, and support. Right. But Epic is in that weird zone. You know, they had that max massive exodus with all their top lead designers, mostly because, you know, they're not making games as much. It's mostly demos yeah. and engine support. And now, finally, you know, their latest game, um, uh, Fortnite, right? I'm not even talking about Paragon because they know Paragon. <laughs> that was like, who cares about Paragon? So, like, 
they're in this weird balance of am I still all about the engine? They are, right? But I still want to yeah. make games a little, and the, with the Fortnite, and then your latest effort is so closely related to a, a game that's killing. It, it's just really weird from a developer point of view. Even if it is by coincidence, even if your department, your Fortnite team, is completely foreign to the engine team that has been working with Bluehole, right? That's so hard to believe that they had no knowledge of um, what's going on. At least Epic had full knowledge, right? Bluehole had only their game and their relation, but they didn't know that, you know, they were developing a mode such as this. So that alone is already, that's a bad relationship, right? That's like, dude, we're here to help each other out. We're, we're, we're Like Larry said, we're championing your engine as much as we can. We, we do love the relationship, but this took us... Uh, uh, made us pause a bit. Like, was mm -hmm. that worth it as a developer and a publisher? It's like, I don't think so, man. I really do think on Epic, yeah. at least at the very least, Epic was a little bit offensive <laughs> with this move. It's a little bit offensive. Uh, and the, uh, the bro code, like we said before. But the bro code. <laughs> I would say at, at, at the very least, it is even, like I said, I've worked on games yeah. where I've had the same, uh, we've been working on something and you've had the same idea mm -hmm. and you caught in that choice of do, do you keep going forward or do you stop? Mm -hmm. And it's a catch 22. And if you come out, it's bad for you. And if you don't come out, then you've just wasted all of your time. So yeah, like it sucks. And you know, Hey, maybe because of who they are, they were caught in that choice and they went with releasing it and yeah it just was maybe that was just the wrong well they could have uh, like, like it was the wrong it was the wrong optics on the on the situation yeah. just email. right like you wouldn't you would avoid the drama i think at the very least if you really are working on a mode like this that you know is a little bit similar they they should have guessed there was could there could have been some kind of backlash Mm -hmm. with blue hole they, they could have worked better where you don't play it out in the media like this because now you have like a very you, you, no matter what you have two sides uh that right. are either okay with this or like really hate it and it just looks bad right blue hole well, I, doesn't look bad yeah. on their part it looks bad on epic's part like everyone's kind of just looking at epic now yeah well i don't yeah this is one of those situations where like yeah i think both parties should just agree to not talk to each other, <laughs> say say nothing, and 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 we'll see what happens. Yeah, yeah, and just kind of move on. Yeah. And I mean, if it was me, I, I don't even think I would have really said something. I, I would I wouldn't have said anything. Yeah. Because it's epic. Uh, I mean, I, it's because to me, I'm like I'm like, what are you going to accomplish? Because I know for a fact, like it's you can't prove yeah. that somebody stole your idea, really. Yeah. Because I don't I don't want to live in a world where that's a thing that you have to worry about. It shouldn't be, yeah. right? Like I, there are so many game design ideas that I just want to use as soon as I see them, and I don't want to live in a world where I have to go like, all right, has it been six months yet? Yeah, you know, like what what is the what is the statute of limitations on like on a game design idea? Like I don't, I don't want to live in that world. That sounds ridiculous. Yeah, you know, like, um, I, I mean, it doesn't even matter where the game is. Like, mm -hmm. just I don't. There's just there's too many great ideas out there, and if, if you know like let's say you know you're you're playing uh, Civilization Six, 
right? And you're like, oh shit, I really like what they did with this mechanic right here. Mm-hmm. Like, do I have to sit down and go like, well, I can't use it though. Like, the, you know, this game, it just came out. Like, I can't use this. So let's just not do that at all. Like, how long do I have to wait before I use a cool idea? Well, yeah, it's like maybe, a chef saying, I made pancakes so no one else can ever use butter or syrup. Yeah. 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 Well, like, <laughs> in, in that respect, can, can you just let them finish my pancake first, you know? <laughs> As I'm serving it, why are you be making pancakes, dude? It's like, it's so upsetting. I think it's just too close. I mean, we can both agree. We can all agree within six months, you know, that's your initial sales. But then you have that tell, you know, let me make it to Christmas. You know what I mean? Let me, let me get Christmas <laughs> and then you can do whatever you want. I feel like it was just too soon. Like, they're mm-hmm. really riding on the trend right now. Like, Twitch, it overtook Twitch. Like, on yeah, screen, it's it overtook dominating. Dota 2, right? Like, uh, like 51% of Counter-Strike players. And you're talking about first-person shooters that that never change, right? Those guys never mm-hmm. go anywhere. But they yeah. 51% of Counter-Strike players are on PUBG now. Um, yeah. So, it's a huge... Damn. Yeah. So it's, oh, it's, it's huge, huge thing. So as in that respect, it's like, dude, give me, give me Christmas. <laughs> and then, and then do your copy. You know what I mean? It's like now they're competing, uh, on, on a very big holiday season. Right. Even though they're not even competing, uh, Fortnite's going to be free. Yeah. So there you go. It's like it's impossible for the it's a it's a it's a David and Goliath problem. It's like of course you're gonna feel bad, sorta. I mean David's eleven million dollar copies richer. So <laughs> it's not a very yeah, I don't, but he I don't is think, way smaller than Epic. Right? I don't think so, I don't think they have any problems. Yeah, they don't have any problems. Yeah, it's just it's hard to feel bad for both of them because you know that both of them are doing really well, but you know the definition of an indie developer it's hard when again you're in its classic battle with the publisher or, or whatever you know who's who's supposedly been helping you all this time mm-hmm. yeah so it's a material trust a bit so oh. well gentlemen can we get any closing statements because we are well over our usual one hour mark and yeah. uh lasting lasting i will say is uh, I'm really excited that something like this is happening to the game industry where the little guys are making the rules. Uh, I think it's pretty interesting. I'm seeing a lot of companies shake up what they normally do in response to this. And uh, it's it's just an interesting time to be alive and to be a game developer. I still love Unreal Technology. So like outside of like Epic doing the Battlegrounds thing, I would just say like, yo, I love Unreal Engine. I love Unity. I'm I don't know where I'm going with any of that. <laughs> I guess I'm just saying that like I'm able to separate the business from the yeah. product. Yeah. Like the business move from the product that I like. So yeah, that's it for me. Uh PUBG's dope. And if I see you out there, you're dead. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> um I will say that I look at something like PUBG and I see it as the culmination of you know. It's a vision that's been building for many years, and to me, it's very inspiring. Because as a game designer, you know, I have things that I really want to make, and I feel like it's inspiring to see someone achieve their vision mm-hmm. as they've as they've wanted to achieve it. And 
to see it be appreciated by 11 million people that's that is very rare mm-hmm. and very inspiring and i think that's incredibly amazing and i think other designers should not look to the success but should look towards the work that went into that success mm-hmm. um, how much research and drive went into that um, and as far as the controversy is concerned, I, I've already said my piece. I don't, I don't see them as, I don't see that Epic is at fault necessarily mm-hmm. so much as, because I don't want to live in a world where that is a fault. Mm-hmm. Um, I see it as a very unfortunate situation and, um, I, I hope there is a good res- resolution to it. <laughs> Well, I'm just going to leave it as uh, I need to finally play PUBG. <laughs> I got the copy. Uh, and like you guys said, I'm glad that a game like this is able to change the rules a bit. Simplicity in design still wins the day. And I like the fact that uh, all these games can look ugly, but <laughs> have strong design. Uh there's always a balance, but I'm I'm glad that you know fun is still the prerogative for most games that are this successful. So yeah, it's been fun. Well, gentlemen, uh, I thank you for joining my PUBG talk about the game squad. Uh, we were a short one, but this is a great first deep dive. Uh, fans of the podcast, look forward to us doing this more often with other game designers or more specifically other game developers as we go in-depth and break down what are the critical factors to success or failures of video games in general. I'm Larry Charles. Thanks for listening. I pass the mic to the right as I say goodnight. Hey, this is Brandon Fan. Thanks for joining us. See you guys next week. I could have sworn there was three of us. (laughs) This guy's like joshing us. Turn the table on us. (laughs) Now we're waiting for it, like PUBG style. Oh, is I supposed to say goodbye? (laughs) There we go! If you enjoyed this podcast and you want to stay in touch or continue to follow our developments, then you need to go to facebook.com forward slash game dev unchained and drop a like and stay in touch. You can also get the direct feed for this podcast on soundcloud.com forward slash game dev unchained.